BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Large retail and e-commerce companies have made it easy for consumers to buy just about anything and everything online. But there's a new company in Chicago that is helping small businesses compete with the big guys so they can offer the same flexibility and speed of receiving their purchases. La La Move is an app-based, same-day courier service that helps with delivery for small businesses. The goal at La La Move is simple. Help local Chicago small businesses by providing affordable delivery for their customers. La La Move merges the rideshare model with courier services to deliver anything from flowers to furniture and everything in between. Right now, La La Move is offering free delivery for one month. Visit lalamove.com. That's lalamove.com to learn more. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Thursday, February 11th is just moments away. Wait, everything good over there, Ben? You drop yes. some pin, you drop like eight pins at one time right there? It's actually a, a pencil and two pens, but I digress. <laughs> Hey, let's thank our sponsors. SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana are sponsors. The Chicago Federation of Labor sponsored this program, as well as the Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com. Check it out for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Weekly columns from Ben Jarofsky and coming very soon. Oh, yes. A book from Ben Jarofsky. Oh, my goodness. Yes, he's very excited about this book. Oh. No, he's, he's cheering, everybody. That's going to be coming out. More details on that uh, coming up very soon. All right, let's get today's program underway. You do have a song of the day, and it is by, oh, good Lord, one of the worst singers I think ever, Rod Stewart. Oh. Maggie May by Rod well, Stewart. You know, uh, let me just say this about that. I'm, I'm not a Rod Stewart fan at all. He butchers so many great songs, but I must admit, D, the, like it's a kind, of, kind of a mandolin solo in Maggie May. I love it. And I know it by heart. And when it comes on the radio, I'll go. That's the mandolin. Oh, Maggie, I wish I'd never seen your face. <laughs> by the way, Frank, thank you very much for sending me that Jay Leno. Oh, my God, D. Frank sent me a Jay Leno bit for the 1990s. I cannot believe. This man was on TV. He's so disgraceful. Monica Lewinsky uh, monologue. Frank, uh, thanks for sending it to me. I sent it to like 20 other people. Sorry about that uh, tangent, D. Not a problem. I got to say, uh, uh, your version there of Maggie May by Rod Stewart may have been better than Rod Stewart. <laughs> for the first <laughs> Maggie, I wish I'd never seen your face. <laughs> I got to say, for the first time ever, you may have outperformed the actual artist. Whoa. You made a first class fool out of me. Come on, D. But I'm as blind as D can be. Get it? You see how I did that? I I blind as D can be. I made it rhyme. The Ben Jarofsky show starts now. <laughs> Thursday, February 11th, and live from my apartment 
and his attic. This is The Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, the long-awaited return of Jacobin Magazine's own Micah Utrecht. And now your host, owner of a thousand pens and pencils. <laughs> Most of which are falling on the floor right now. Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Twitter Tandon Thursday. And here's why. Big brouhaha in Washington yesterday. Sort of lost amidst the impeachment process. A showdown between Senator Bernie Sanders and Neera Tandon. President Biden nominated Tannen to head the Office of Management and Budget, a big-time job with a big-time responsibility. Bernie, uh, of course, my uh, favorite Democrat, although he's not technically a Democrat, uh, chairs the Senate Budget Committee. As such, his committee has to approve her confirmation. And when she showed up the other day for her confirmation meeting, it was like, well, 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 what goes around comes around. A few things you should know. Neera Tannen is a longtime Hillary Clinton aide. She's the president of the Center for American Progress, a centrist think tank, as opposed to a lefty think tank. A liberal or centrist think tank is one where they pull their punches. Think about like Tim Ryan, Congressman Tim Ryan, or Senator Amy Klobuchar in last year's Democratic debates, actually two years ago. You know, when they talked about Medicare for all, well, let's not do anything too controversial, people. <laughs> Don't want to alienate those swing voters in Wisconsin. Uh, in addition uh, to being a centrist, Tandon is what you might call a recovering Twitter junkie. And I'm just going to say this straight up, folks. Neera Tandon has a problem. She actually tweets more than Donald John Trump. It's true. Political did an investigation of this. Man, can you imagine being the political staffer stuck with that job? I got to count up how many tweets she did. One, two, three, four. Anyway, according to Politico, Tandem tweeted, <laughs> Tandem joined Twitter in 2010, a year after Trump. And then in the last 10 years, she's tweeted 88,000 items. Where's that butter cow guy? 88,000. That's thousands with a T. And Trump, meanwhile, it's the butter cow, which has nine hearts to represent the nine essential nutrients in milk. That's right. It's made entirely out of butter. And, you know, it's a state fair tradition since at least 1922. I actually had that pulled up from yesterday. Oh, yeah. Wait, 1922. Anyway, she's tweeted 88,000 tweets. That's 88,000 with a T. And Trump, here's the drum roll. He's tweeted 57,000. Hold on, bring in Danny Biss to do the math. Hold on, guys. Dad Biss, really good at math. Here we go. Carry the one. That's about 30,000 more tweets. Hold on, let's give Dennis a little time to catch up on the math. Yep, he confirms that he's nodding his head. Yep, I did it. That's really nasty stuff she's been tweeting, too. A lot of it directed at Bernie and Bernie bros. Just say it. She hates Bernie, ladies and gentlemen. She's one of those Hillary Clinton supporters who blames Bernie for Hillary having lost the race in 2016, even though Bernie really had nothing to do with it because he was out there campaigning for Hillary, getting Bernie bros a little irritated. He did his best, but no, they still blame him. 
The place is crawling with Hillary Clinton supporters like that. And many of them are my friends, D. In fact, I was talking to one just last night. He will remain anonymous. <laughs> I believe he said that mother in Bernie. It's only been five years, folks. Get over it already. Actually, who am I to talk about getting over things? <laughs> I got grudges going back to the 70s. Anyway, uh, Tadden takes it a little further uh, than most of my uh, Hillary-loving friends. She tweets the stuff out. I read uh, a New York Times story about this just the other day, and I'll quote from it. This is a, a story about uh, Tadden from a couple of years ago. One recent night, Ms. Twadden, Ms. Tadden feuded on Twitter with liberals over whether Hillary Clinton condemned far-right hate mongers strongly enough more than two years ago. The online bickering raged for an hour, drawing trolls from both factions when the women originally targeted about Mrs. Tan by Ms. Tanna's tweets delivered a wake-up call. Quote, Nira, you're responding to a graduate student on Twitter at 130, 1.40 in the morning. That's a cry for help, my friends. You're up at 1.30 in a Twitter war with a graduate student. I'm up at 1.30, but I'm not tweeting. I'm like reading a book or something. But tweeting at 1.30 in the morning. Anyway, real nasty stuff. She's tweeted about Republicans, not just Bernie, but Republicans. She said this about Senator Ted Cruz of Texas, and I quote, <clears throat> Vampires have more heart than Ted Cruz. I kind of actually agree with that statement, but whatever. <clears throat> Moving on. Yesterday, she was singing a different song when she came before Bernie's committee. One that went a little like this. Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't do it, and I won't do it again. Sorry, Senator Bernie. Please forgive me and approve me because I really want this job. Bernie ripped her for her tweets. And then a Republican senator, John Kennedy, from Louisiana, read back her tweets leading to this classic exchange. Kennedy, quote, you called Senator Sanders everything but an ignorant slut. It's like a joke. I don't think she really called him an ignorant slut, but she denied it. She goes, I never called him that. And then she said, I must have meant them, but I really regret them. Must have meant them, but I really regret them. Like, that's like a Marjorie Taylor Greene-like apology. What does that even mean? Of course you meant them. And of course you don't regret them. That's why you tweeted them. Because you really wanted to hurt somebody with your wise-ass tweet. You wanted to stick that needle where it would really hurt them. And then you wanted everyone who agreed with you to go, yeah, tell it like it is, Nira. Look, here's the thing. Twitter is a cesspool. If you want to be a badass tweeter, join it, going into that sludge, that's fine. But I think it's a little contradictory to be a middle-of-the-road economist who wants to help poor people, but don't help them too much because you don't want to get Big Pharma mad at you and be a badass tweeter. It's kind of like you're one or the other. And if you are a badass tweeter, don't back down when you want the mainstream gig. Own it. If you said that vampires have more heart than Ted Cruz, stand by it. Otherwise, don't say it at all. 
We've got a great show today, everybody. Yes, as Dennis said, Michael Ubrick from Jacobin Magazine in these times. He's been known to have a Twitter battle or two uh, with Nira Tandon. Uh, so we'll talk about that. But we're also going to talk about Karen Lewis. Um, Michael wrote the book on the Chicago Teachers Union strike of 2012. So we'll talk about Karen's legacy and, you know, get in some impeachment talk. I'm sure Michael will uh, chastise me for shaming voters. That's one of his favorite favorite things to do, D. Big time Bernie Sanders supporter. He comes up, don't shame the voters. And he's going to display those great pipes of his and make us feel real bad. Oh. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Uh, and we might have a little alligator talk. Loves alligators. That might we can't let that gator story go. All right. What was it? Twenty nineteen. What is it? Twenty twenty one. Hold on, man. COVID. Okay. <laughs> Still not funny after all these months. Uh, don't worry, it's over. You didn't know? Oh, yeah, you're, oh, you're right. You're right. Yeah, Lori Lightfoot. Yeah, it's over. Go back to school. Right. Go. Yeah. So, oh, you didn't know? You must have missed that story. I did. I guess I did. <laughs> Yeah. Well, we're we aren't on. Yeah, we're not on, on Monday. We're not live on Monday, so I guess I must have. I must have missed that. <laughs> anyway, we'll bring on Mike. I love talking to Mike. Before we do that, the young man from Alton, the man that near ten, happily calls the doctor with the news. I've seen a whole lot of catfish, some turtles. <laughs> uh, no gators yet, though. We love that story. <laughs> oh, the summer of two thousand nineteen. Nineteen. <laughs> I miss it. Yeah, yes. I you barely it. remembered it. <laughs> hey, man, I got issues with memory. It's that it's discovered a little earlier today. Should we let that cat out of the bag? Should we let oh. it out there, Dave? Yeah, you didn't know who the crocodile hunter was. Yeah. Dennis, we were talking. I don't know how. How did the subject come up? Oh, because I told you Micah was on, and I thought you were talking about the alligator, and he mentioned a crocodile. Oh, yeah, because yeah, Micah, Micah loved talking about that uh, that alligator story. I said, you know, rumor has it uh, Micah was considered in that reboot of the Crocodile Hunter, and, and I didn't know, huh? Yeah. What? Say what? And then I wasted about five minutes of my life reading about the guy. He's actually kind of a cool guy, uh, Crocodile Steve. But anyway. well, wait until you waste hours of your life watching videos of it. <laughs> That's next at one thirty in the morning. I won't be tweeting. I'll be watching Crocodile Steve. Oh, wow, that's really cool, man. Anyway, enough chit-chat. Before we find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois, for the third and, sadly, final time this week. That's right. No live show tomorrow, guys. Vacation day. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell them what you're doing, please? <laughs> Please. No, no. Okay. All right. Go. I'm going oh, skiing. I'm going skiing uh, <laughs> in Michigan. See how this goes. You know what? I, I kind of warned you about this. I've gone skiing once in my life. It was so horrible. I never made it off the bunny hill. Yeah. I, I hated the cold. I, I went in. This is night. Oh, my God, D. This, the year was 1971. You weren't even born yet. I, I went into the lodge and just hung out watching TV till my friends were done. I was like, I'm never doing this again. But you know what? You may like it. You're a rugged outdoor type. You got a burly chop wood. Yeah, I think yeah. you're going to really enjoy this, man. All right. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I've never skied in my life. 37 years old. I thought, you know, I'll probably never ski in my life ever. But here we go. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, you don't even have to wear, worry about wearing a mask. Because COVID's over. You didn't hear about that? Okay. Yeah, COVID's over. So I'm, I'm just, wearing a mask. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No show tomorrow, all right? 
But don't worry, because we're the Ben Jarofsky Show, and come hell or high water, we drop content every single day at chicagoreader.com and wherever else you download podcasts. So let's run through the lineup of what we got planned here. Friday, like we said, no live show, but downloadable by 5 a.m. on Friday, the Illinois State Rep returns. It's almost Senator Kelly Cassidy. Uh, ben, tell us about our, our interview with KC. Kelly Casey Cassidy came into the studio the other day. I thought she was going to be Senator Cassidy, but uh, she was uh, outmaneuvered in the committee process. So we talk a little bit about that. We talk about the budget. We talk about reefer. Lots of great talk. We talked about Karen Lewis. We talked about being convert to Judaism. It was like a really great, a fun conversation with Kelly. I thought Kelly was really loose. Uh, and uh, whatever pressure she was facing over being uh, battling it out in front of, for the committee mid for the Senate seat has have passed. Uh, mixed feelings about it. One hand, I you know everybody knows Kelly is one of my favorites. I wanted her to get the gig, but on the other hand, she still has the uh, seniority uh, in the House, uh, and so she's going to be in a position to. Uh, de- we talk about this uh, to deal with uh, uh, getting laws that sort of I don't know make things a little fair for poor people who get arrested. Uh, so uh, criminal justice issues, uh, restorative justice issues. So uh, we talk about a lot of issues, a, a really wide ranging interview with the great Kelly Casey Cassidy. OK, Jay Marie on the live stream chat. I'm not bougie. I'm just I'm, I'm going skiing. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's going skiing. I give him a break, man. He's going skiing. He may like it. Ben. You know, I love it. Glass Great half full. Utah. Glass half full. I'm going to love it. It's going to be great. We're going to ski that hill or whatever it is. Slow. They got this thing called a bunny hill. It's like barely a hill. Oh, it's, it's like the, little... it's like the kiddie pool or something. Yes. And I went to the bunny hill and I never, I flunked at the bunny. I'm like, eh, this is no fun. Most of them have lodges with TVs. So, you know, if all else fails, go sit inside and drink some hot cocoa. Once again, not bougie. Okay. Uh, on to Saturday. The legal eagle is back. It's ace attorney Jim Coogan. Well, we're going to be talking with him after today's show. Ben, give us a little uh, idea of what you're going to be asking Jim Coogan. Well, we'll be going through the impeachment process and the legal arguments uh, uh, for uh, impeaching uh, Donnie Trump. But I also think I'm going to have a talk. You know, Jim Coogan's uh, day job, and he's not on the Ben Jarofsky show, uh, is uh, he's a plaintiff's attorney. And uh, so I really like to get into a conversation with him about the impact uh, that the lawsuits have had on uh, Fox TV, et cetera, and so forth. And maybe this is what it takes to get a little truth uh, in journalism. So uh, probably uh, branch off from impeachment talk and go there in that direction as well. Anyway, I love talking legal issues with Jim Coogan. He's really smart uh, and uh, he's not afraid to uh, tell it like it is. So Jim Coogan, looking forward to that. He's a good man, that Jim Coogan. Uh, That'll be available on Saturday by 5 a.m. On to Sunday. You know what, Sunday? We had such a good interview with Stacey Davis Gates, vice president of the Chicago Teachers Union. We want everyone to hear it. We're just going to repost that bad boy on Sunday. Isn't that right, Ben? Yes. Love that interview. Stacey uh, was, uh, she just let it go. She's talking about Karen. It was really raw, too, because um, uh, Karen died at, uh, well, the announcement was Monday, and so here it was, it was within 24 hours. Uh, and uh, Stacey Davis Gates is very honest about it. Uh, her, she owes her career to Karen Lewis. Uh, Karen Lewis saw something in Stacey and promoted her and allowed her to become uh, the lobbyist, uh, the chief political director for the Chicago Teachers Union. And that's how Stacey learned uh, firsthand 
how Springfield works, how the city council works. She knows all the players of the game, ladies and gentlemen. Very shrewd, knowledgeable, political uh, observer. But it was Karen Lewis who gave her that break, who said, I think you could do this. I'm going to uh, appoint you to do this. And uh, so Stacy speaks from the heart. Good interview. All right. That's going to be on Sunday. And on to Monday, Personal Pack CEO Terry Cosgrove made his return. But he wasn't alone, was he, Ben? No, Julie Hamos. It was really interesting conversation we had. Uh, Julie Hamos and uh, Paula Perdue and Terry Cosgrove. And these are three people that love the talks. I barely got a word in edgeways, which is just fine. And so what, what spurred this is that I watched the TV uh, series, Mrs. America, that talked about the fight for the ERA and centered on some of the uh, the leading characters in this fight, both on uh, against and for. And uh, Julie and Paula were on the front lines for the ERA fight, ERA fight, ERA fight excuse me, back in the 70s. And so they were speaking from firsthand experience. And so, so was Terry. Uh, he was a young politico. And we talk about Phyllis Schlafly, the uh, right winger who uh, uh, helped defeat the ERA in the state. We talk about Shirley Chisholm, uh, the uh, legendary congresswoman from New York City, who was a, a leading advocate of the ERA, Bella Abza. We talk about how the lessons of yesterday apply to today. It was a wide ranging interview and uh, went on many great tangents. It was a blast. Uh, just, but, you know, D, like these were three really smart people who had a lot to say. And I just I could like sit back and smoke a doobie and enjoy it. And, so. and my kind of people, too, because, yeah, very smart, had a lot to say. And, they, you know, didn't mind throwing in the F word a few times. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. So it's a lot of fun. I think we're going to do more of these. Get people on the show, like a group of people uh, who have something to say. You know, I like people who come on and talk. You know, D, I got my favorites mainly because they talk. You get these guests on, they go, two inch, you ask them a question, they give you two words, and they look at you like, well, that's about all I got to say. Well, why would you come on a podcast? Nope, not going to say any more than that. You know, those people, we won't name names, but they don't get invited back. I'm like, oh, God, too much work. All right, it's tomorrow's pre-recorded Ben Jarofsky show, Kelly Cassidy, and this weekend's Benny J bonus interviews, Saturday, Jim Coogan, Sunday, SDG, Stacey Davis-Gates, Monday, Terry Cosgrove, and a couple of ladies who just are cursing like sailors. <laughs> Go check it out, chicagoreader.com, and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. Hold on one second, I have a phone call. Uh, yes, uh, I'd like to order caviar. Uh, and sorry i'm on the phone uh and don perion yes please yeah and lobster oh th thank you thank you for reminding me and don't forget the lobster not bougie <laughs> he's not bougie all right he's just going skiing he doesn't even have skis he's gonna ski in his shoes okay i'm bringing a sled dude you're gonna you may love skiing you may just like oh my god I'm really good at this. And then the next thing you know is, Ben, I'm moving to Utah. I want to ski the Rockies. You never know. Like, you never know, man. While you, while you guys are listening to those podcasts, I'm, I may just be out on the slopes. Oh, my God. I'm a changed <laughs> <a> change man. <laughs> it's going to be fun. I'm going to have a great time. If you, if you do become a changed man, don't try to change me. Ben... 
you got to do it, man. There's nothing like it, dude. You got to do it. Like, that's all right, man. That's okay. (laughs) Glad you like it. All right. Local news. Let's do it. We begin in Illinois, and our Illinois governor's vaccination site tour continues. Face coverings. (laughs) Yes. Face coverings. Oh, God. J.B. Pritzker began his day in Elgin, Illinois. He was at the Elgin Mental Health Center at 10 a.m. to highlight a new Illinois Department of Human Services vaccination site. A quick Illinois vaccination site tour update. Ben, did you know that more than 100 vaccination sites have recently been added in Illinois? I did not know that. It's true. Making an appointment, however, is still an endeavor that requires enormous patience because we still have not received enough vaccine to provide for everyone who is eligible in phase 1B. This is extraordinarily frustrating. We continue to update the coronavirus.illinois.gov website with the latest vaccination locations available across the state, including new sites at some of the Meyer and uh, Walmart locations so our residents can connect wherever they are with the most convenient options. What a joke. What a freaking joke. The whole thing. I can't say this enough. Our whole economy, our whole society has been plagued for almost a full year by this virus. We have a solution to it. And yet, for some reason, called capitalism, We cannot get everybody the vaccine. And it's so bizarre because like half the country doesn't think we have the the virus is a real thing. You know, that's MAGA. So I guess what if you're if you're if you voted for Trump, should you be allowed to get a vaccine? I mean, you kind of were dedicated to the notion that it wasn't real. So if you don't think it's real, why do you need the vaccine? I just throwing that out there, D, right? Then that, that's half the, then there's a good chunk of the people who are worried about the vaccine. I just saw that Robert Kennedy's son has been kicked off of Facebook because he's been uh, publishing uh, these uh, posts that question whether the vaccine uh, is harmful or not. And I, there's a fight within, uh, an argument, I should say, within the Kennedy family on this. Uh, there was a, one of his, I think it was his niece, took issue with him in an essay in the New York Times. So it's like we have a segment of the country that won't take the vaccine because they think it's harmful. We have a segment of the country that thinks the whole thing is made up. It's a plot by the Democrats to destroy Donald Trump. And then we got all these people that are being ordered to go to work, but there's no vaccine for them. And somehow or other, like if you know the right person, you can jump ahead of the list, ahead of the people who are on the front lines that really need it. And yes, Governor Pritzker is correct. I took I, I talked about this yesterday after reading Mark Brown's column in the Sun Times. I was I was inspired. I made a few phone calls to just to the state hotline, and this is generally what you hear when you call the state hotline. I haven't heard a busy signal in years. It's just like nostalgic. I was like, you know, I feel like going back to the seventies. Let me hear a busy signal. I know. I'll call the state uh, vaccine hotline. Freaking joke. I just read Germany's having troubles, too. I read that in the paper today, too. They can't get another from vaccines. And they can figure out how <laughs> big farmers got, like, control over it. They don't want to release. Uh, uh, yeah. They don't want to release too much. You know what I'm saying? Just jibs and drabs. Just enough to keep you happy. A segment of the, everybody else wanting more makes it more valuable. 
What a weird world we live in, D. A very weird world. Meanwhile, poor Governor Pritzker is trying to sound as though like there's a solution in the future. You know, like people with the great minds are working on it every day. I feel sorry for the guy, D. I really do. You know, every day he's struggling. Well, we're, we're really working hard at this. Well, meanwhile, what they got, uh, this is the sound of the vaccine in Illinois. <laughs> what a crummy sound. <laughs> we also learned Wednesday that the state will be expanding eligibility for phase 1B of the COVID-19 vaccination rollout. What are we talking about here, JB? So we're talking about people who have diabetes. We're talking about people who have cancer or who have had cancer or COPD or heart disease. Those who are under 65 and live with comorbidities have an elevated risk of serious complications or even death if they contract COVID-19. So as quickly as we receive enough vaccine supply, we need to waste no time in protecting them. By the way, I know a lot of teachers who said they should be excused from going to the classroom because they live with people like that who are vulnerable uh, to death. And I remember uh, the CPS attitude was tough luck. Get in that Petri dish now. <laughs> so you got the governor saying, we're really going to do everything we can to put people who are really vulnerable at the top of the list. Of course, we don't have enough vaccines for them. So we're doing everything we can, but we don't have the vaccines. And then you got the uh, the leading health experts in the city of Chicago saying, oh, no, yeah, teachers, parents, send those little kidlets back to school. It's okay. Don't worry about it. But, you know, so what if a teacher gets it? You're young and strong as a horse. <laughs> oh, we, had a, we had a cow yesterday, and today's a horse. You know, we're trying to get that toddler audience, you know? <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh, Wilbur. <laughs> That's my Mr. Ed imitation. <laughs> You're strong as a horse, teachers. Get in that classroom. And I don't care if Granny's sick at home. Just put her in another room and don't talk to her. These kidlets need to be in a classroom. <laughs> They're not learning enough. You know, it's so funny. I'm just going to go on this tangent. Oh, my God. The editorial pages are so concerned. The kids are spending too much time on the internet. Have you ever seen a kid a normal day? That's all they do is look at their phone. Like, now they're worried about it. It's really, really concerned. She's not reading Shakespeare. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. You're such frauds. All of a sudden, you're worried about the kids. Very concerned about the kids. They're not keeping up. The kids from Englewood aren't keep, keeping up with the kids from Kenilworth. Oh, you just noticed that? This just woke up. You you realize the kids from like a poor community in Chicago, inadequate schooling, are not doing as well as kids from like rich areas. Whoa, this just in breaking news. And as soon as the pandemic's over, it's going to go right back to the way it is. You know, then they'll start telling you the other thing. This is what the education reformers in quotes, Karen Lewis, I love you. She called them deformers, which say, you know, class size doesn't really matter. We got to study here. Let's squeeze more kids in that classroom. Meanwhile, they were sending their kids to private schools where teacher contracts limited the size of the class like 20. But when it came to poor kids, ah, shove them in like sardines. Uh, doesn't matter. Oh, man. 
It's only it's 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 really funny how we deal with the pandemic in the city of Chicago. D. <laughs> oh, uh, and before we move on, you know, yesterday it was it was pretty good. Can we uh, hear your uh, man cow impression? Uh, oh, <laughs> where the press where the press speaks to man cow and then man yes. cow responds. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> well, the man cow is uh, as Dennis uh, has pointed out. Uh, his uh, that's a disc jockey. Legendary disc jockey, shock jock, as they call him from the city of Chicago, was thinking of running as a Republican for uh, governor. And uh, so his name is Man Cow. So I guess if he's elected governor, he'll be Governor Cow. So they'll have a press conference, uh, Governor Cow, about the vaccines, to which he'll say, And then, and then his chief uh, budget advisor will be Mr. Ed, and he'll turn to no. His health advisor will be Mr. Ed. Uh, let's talk about the vaccines, okay, Wilbur? That's like the whole man cow administration. <laughs> good stuff. And then they'll have a gator in there. Uh, uh, that, okay, let's stop it there. The horse was good. The cow was excellent. That was uh, uh, terrible. I don't even know. <laughs> that was comes the COVID. Okay, still, still not funny after all these months. The COVID. <laughs> Governor Cow. <laughs> all right. In other statewide news, and just when you thought the season of giving was long gone and over, a little gift was dropped off to the Ben Jarofsky show this morning. Now, Ben. What's the one thing we love doing more than any other thing on this program? Talking about smoking reefer, but not actually doing it. No. Oh. What's the other thing? We, we do like doing that, but what's the other thing? Uh, I don't know. What? I give up. We didn't talk about this in the pre-show. No more guesses. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. Oh Cow boy. Invitations? Well, surprise. <laughs> it's playing political campaign ads. Oh. <laughs> And today, literally from out of nowhere, you are just killing it today. Literally from out of nowhere comes an anti Adam Kinzinger ad. What? Oh my, you gotta be kidding me. I did not know this. No. Wait, breaking, do that breaking news thing. Oh my God! Did not, we did not talk about this in the uh, pre-show. Uh, please don't share that with everyone. The following comes from Shia Kapos in Illinois Politico. Progressive groups have launched a seven-figure ad campaign against four Republican members of Congress, including Illinois Republican Adam I'm Not Maga Kinzinger, demanding they vote for a COVID relief package. The Relief Now campaign, led by a group called Tax March, put the ad out. And boy, they are laying it in, old Kinzinger. Wait, wait, hold on. Back up. Seven figures. So let me do the math. Is it, so they spent over a million dollars. Is that what you're saying? That's what it says uh, here. Okay. Uh, all right. And what? what's their thing? Their COVID? What do they do? <laughs> the Relief Now campaign, led by a group called Tax March, put the ad out. Yeah, but what are the, like, they're demanding they vote they for want? a COVID relief package. They want a relief package right now. So they're going yes. after kids here. OK, OK, I'm trying to follow this. Go ahead. Sorry, D. <laughs> I have the ad and we're about to hear it. But first, Ben, I've noticed on this show you've been defending Adam Kinzinger a little yes. bit. Yes. Yes, you have. Yes. yes. So before we hear it, let's uh, make your case here from Kinzinger. 
Well, Kissinger is one of the few Republicans. uh, I'm trying to think, is he the only one in the state of Illinois? There's Guy Butler, the state rep from uh, Springfield area. Uh, But he's pretty much the only one. He's definitely the most prominent one uh, who says that Donald Trump can be impeached. I don't know how any, anyone could draw any other conclusion if you watch the uh, impeachment proceedings that are going on in Washington. I don't know how you could draw any other conclusion. Donald Trump incited a, a MAGA riot, uh, his MAGA cultist following his direction, uh, tried to overtake the Capitol and uh, reverse the certification of the election that Joe Biden won. So I don't know how you could draw any other conclusion. The only thing you could do is try to find it, like weasel out of it you know, on some technicality, well, you know, actually, technically, he's uh, cannot be punished because he's no longer the president. I mean, you know, so I got to respect Kinsinger, uh, even though he is a Republican and most of his constituents uh, are MAGA supporters. Most of his Republican constituents are MAGA supporters uh, for standing up to MAGA. So that's my position on one. It's a pretty good position. I mean, I said he's full of shit and I kind of still believe it, but it's still a good position. All right. So I have the ad here. Once again, this is a group called Tax March, one of several. Uh, actually, I found a few more ads. We'll just, uh, you know, spread them out uh, maybe next week or something. Maybe uh, after uh, our interview with Micah, we'll play another one. But we're going to play this one here. Uh, this one's targeting old Adam Kinzinger. Uh, and once again, uh, the Relief Now campaign is the name of the campaign. Here is the Kinzinger ad. During this pandemic, the rich got richer and the well-to-do are doing pretty well. Because politicians like Adam Kinzinger reward them with tax breaks for private jets and yachts. But for the tens of thousands in Illinois out of work due to COVID, Kinzinger's a hard no on relief. With Adam Kinzinger, those with billions hit the jackpot those who need relief get jack squat. Tell Kinzinger <laughs> those good. out of work are out of time. Pass COVID relief now. So let me get this straight. This is this coming from the right or is this coming from the left? Is or is, this com- is it coming from the right pretending they care? You know what I mean? Is this, is this like an attempt by the right to like take an issue that a Bernie supporter would, would champion? Uh, and use it to go after Kinsinger to undercut. Is this undercut his efforts to uh, impeach Donald Trump? Is that what they're doing? Here's like political jujitsu. I've not. This is the first I've heard of this. Yeah, it says here progressive it? groups. It's oh, so the progressive groups. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so they're lefties like me. Mm-hmm. They're raising good points about. Uh, it's are they going after anybody else other than Adam Kinsinger? It says here they're going against four Republican members of Congress. Don't have the names, but one of them is Adam Kinsinger. I mean, they're all, that's why I'm, when I heard this, I thought that initially the uh, ad was going going after Kinsinger for portraying uh, MAGA. This ad, this is, now this is what Heidi Henry and Murray Burrell are talking about. Heidi Henry and Murray Burrell are uh, good, strong lefties, New Deal Democrats. They're out in Kinsinger country. Murray Burrell ran uh, in the Democratic primary a few years ago for the right to run against Kinsinger. Uh, Heidi Henry has been uh, opposed to Kinsinger for years. Why? Because he's your basic conservative Republican. He's against abortion rights. He's against any kind of environmental controls. He supported Donnie Trump on like 95% 
of the issues. He was for tax breaks for the rich. These are all reasons why lefties would be against him and why many uh, Democrats, Danny B, just last November, tried to defeat him. So, yeah, he's, I don't think any self-respecting lefty Democrat, given a choice between Adam Kissinger and a good dam, would vote for Adam Kissinger. But if this is a dastardly move by MAGA, to co-opt the issues that matter so much to people like me and Dennis and Heidi Henry and Murray Briel, like, uh, and use it against Adam Kissinger to rile up, to undercut his support among lefties. That's a pretty good political move. That's, That's deep. Like, Jiu-jitsu, I'm like, whoa, brilliant. So I need to know more about this, D. But do a little deep dive. While you're on the slopes tomorrow, Jean-Claude Keeley Dennis, that's a great skier from the 60s. I will be studying this on the internet. Yeah, like I said, uh, there are more ads. Uh, I'll try to play another uh, one after our interview with Micah. How about that? I can't argue with that ad. You know, it's just like if it's done by a Trump guy, I'm like, all right, that's bogus. You guys had your turn to do something for COVID. You didn't do anything. And what do you think about that one thing they said there? uh, Kinzinger's getting the jackpot while the people make jack squat. That's a part of where I laughed. That was awesome. Yeah. It's a good line. Micah, write that ad. Micah, write that ad. Possibly. Possibly. All right. On to Chicago news. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. We are out of runway. Still don't know what that means. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> what's, what's Mayor Light put up to D? Today the, uh, today the mayor was at William H. Brown School of Technology at 9 a.m. for CPS's return to in-person learning. Yes. Just like that, the deal has been cut between Mayor Lightfoot, her Chicago Public Schools team, and the Chicago Teachers Union. And teachers are returning to the classroom starting today, Thursday, February 11th. After the big news, on Wednesday night, the mayor, along with Chicago Public Schools CEO Janice Jackson, held a virtual town hall about it. Madeline Kinney of the Chicago Sun-Times wrote about it. During a virtual town hall Wednesday evening, Mayor Lori Lightfoot stressed that teachers' and students' health are a top priority as some prepare to go back to the classroom on Thursday. Less than 24 hours after Chicago Teachers Union members approved Chicago Public Schools' plan to return in-person learning more more than 500 people tuned into the live stream hosted by Lightfoot CPS CEO Janice Jackson and Dr. Allison Arwadi. Now, Ben, let's pause it right here. There's a rumor going around now that uh, you were on uh, this one of those 500. <laughs> you were doing a little trolling in this virtual town hall. Please tell me that's not so. <laughs> I wish it were so, but are you, you know, sure? When it comes to the Zoom thing, I'm always a little uncertain. Oh uh, yeah, you're playing works. that angle, but I do have a screenshot here of a one Bulls fan 420 and a live stream comment of "Come on, man!" exclamation mark exclamation mark. I don't know. It kind of sounds like you. <laughs> uh, I guess I've been outed. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Actually, most of the viewers yeah, were. All right. Yeah. Okay. So what? You got a problem with that? Actually, most of the viewers were CPS parents and students who sought clarity on the district's reopening oh, plan. Hey, clarity on the district. <laughs> hey, good luck on that one. See, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I think Bulls fan 420 may be you. I'm just saying. 
stand for hey how about zach last night huh okay no more sports talk the hour-long discussion covered vaccine availability for teachers air quality in school buildings and contact tracing our wadi said about 7500 cps staff members are scheduled to get vaccinated and some have already received a dose here's the quote from our wadi quote Vaccine is a part of the strategy, but just as a reminder, schools are safe. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now, let's let our Wadi finish, please. She goes on saying, even without the vaccine, they've been open all over the country without Ugh. seeing them be a source of significant spread. Oh, Mayor Lori God. Lightfoot said the current plan can limit the spread of the virus, pointing to the, quote, proven success of the first three weeks of having preschool and cluster students and teachers return to the classroom earlier this year. Lightfoot said, quote, our schools are safe. We are continuing to evaluate and look at more things that we can do, but we feel very confident that we have a very solid plan for those of you who are coming back into the schools in the classrooms. And CPS CEO Janice Jackson encouraged parents to report possible violations of the district's COVID-19 protocol to their school's principal. She said, quote, we can't guarantee a COVID-free environment, but the protocols that we have in place are there to slow the spread and stop the spread of COVID. Oh, I, I did. All right, if you say so. We're going to bring Slugger back. Remember Slugger was on the show a couple weeks ago, D? Uh, she's a, a Chicago public school teacher. Was telling it like it is. Let's see if, remember, like, they they were going on, uh, Lori Lightfoot and uh, Janice Jasher were saying, everything, everything's being taken care of. It's safe as all hell. It turns out, like, people weren't even wearing masks in the school. So let's see if they've gotten that together. Very skeptical, very dubious. Don't understand this. Uh, I'm watching this. The whole, I just read it out again, Germany. Germany was so proud. They were so proud of the fact that uh, they didn't have as high of an infection rate as the United States, and they didn't have as many people dying from it as the United States, and they were open, They opened up their schools. And guess what? Then they closed their schools. Then they opened their schools, and now they're going to have to close them again. It's like, I just think mankind is not ready to deal with this, D. You know what I'm saying? I just, it's just too much. It's just blowing people's minds. I, they can't deal with this, this interruption. Uh, they politicize absolutely everything. So you got MAGA who says it's not real. And now it's like centrist Dems. This is like their thing. Open the schools. And it's it's uh, a sign what that they believe in education. They never support education really strongly unless there's the vaccine. But now they really support it. So this is how they're going to prove it. Open up the schools. Get in there, huh? The vaccine is still the the pandemic's still around. We don't have vaccines for teachers. Every every day, yes, we're going to get more vaccines for those teachers. I th- by this rate, they're going ma- ma- mid-April. Then they go, but then what about the bus drivers? Yeah, what about the bus drivers? They should be first in line. <laughs> they always go, that's their response to people. Ben, bus drivers, they have a dangerous job too. Yes, they do. So why didn't they- every bus driver get vaccinated first? Well, we don't have enough vaccines because we have a capitalist state. We believe in capitalism, Ben. Big Farmer's got to make its money. He sound like a Bernie supporter. <laughs> there you can say, yeah. 
Anyway, Dean, open up the schools. Let's all go back. Let's do a show. Let's do a live podcast from a school. How about that, Dean? <laughs> okay, let's, I don't know, give it a few years. <laughs> and, you know, uh, mankind may not be able to handle all this, but I got a feeling man-cow can. It's the butter cow, which has nine hearts to represent the nine essential nutrients in milk. That's right. It's made entirely out of butter. And, it, you know, it's a state fair tradition since at least 1922. Man cow, 2022. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what man cow's position is on opening the schools, but don't wonder that much. <laughs> I got a feeling I know what it is. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, there it is. There it is. Boy, for those listeners who are like, you know, I want more cow noises in my Ben Jarofsky show in the year 2021. You are welcome. And you notice how I started the show by saying... Today is the day. No more funny noises. No more songs. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be I'm gonna smoke a pipe. I'm wearing a suit. I'm gonna really try to, you know, be more like WTTW. That's what we're gonna that's what we're aiming for this year, D. Yeah. More like WTTW. That was okay? at the beginning of the show, and now we're on to <laughs> cow noises and horse noises. <laughs> proving yet again, boy, this host is a weirdo. That is correct. <laughs> Uh, it's because I'm stuck in an attic overlooking <laughs> the porta potty. Gets to you after a while. <laughs> Moving on. Hey, Chicago fraternal, <laughs> Chicago fraternal order of police president John Catanzara. Do you hear that? Hey, John! Come on! <laughs> Come on, John! It's Florida calling your name. The following comes from the Chicago Sun Times, and surprisingly, not Fran the Woe Man Spielman. It's Sam Charles. John Catanzara, the embattled Chicago Police Union president, was served with administrative charges Tuesday, setting the stage for his hearing later this month. That could lead to his firing from the Chicago Police Department. With the service of the charges, Catanzara will be stripped of his pay for 30 days. Kat and Zara works full time for the Fraternal Order of Police and the union reimburses the CPD for his salary. The fiery first term union president, yeah, that's a word for him, uh, will face a hearing later this month over obscene and inflammatory posts he made to social media before his election. Additionally, Kat and Zara faces charges related to a criminal complaint he filed against former CPD superintendent Eddie Johnson. Yeah, I, that, that Eddie Johnson one is, I'm not quite sure what he did wrong. I know it was a bogus, they're saying what, that uh, it's against the rules to file a criminal charge against someone if they didn't commit a criminal, I don't know, maybe I can get Jim Coogan to explain this to me, because I really don't know what he did wrong with that Eddie Johnson thing, other than offend humanity. You know, I mean, Eddie, Eddie Johnson marched with Father Flager and Jesse Jackson uh, on the Dan Ryan Expressway back in the summer of 2000. What was it? 18, I want to say, to sort of like draw attention to uh, the shootings and the murders in uh, black communities throughout Chicago because their attitude was people don't care enough. And then fast forward two years later, and all of MAGA, of which John Catanzara is a card-carrying member, uh, was saying that black people don't care enough about black and black crime. So he filed a, a charge against Eddie Johnson for showing that he cared about the issue, and then he turns right around and says, you don't care enough. 
Amaga, you're all over the map. I just, uh, you got to figure things out, Maga, if you want any credibility. So Johnny Canizera has to figure stuff out. Like, for instance, he believes he has a First Amendment right, First Amendment protected right, to wear a Maga shirt, to, to wear a shirt that proclaims his love for Donnie Trump. Then he turns right around and says, any police officer who takes a knee in solidarity with Black Lives Matter protesters will be kicked out of the union. So what is it? You only get the rights? They don't get the rights? You should only care about black on black crime when you want to insult Black Lives Matter, but you shouldn't do it just in general? Maggie, you're all over the map. Oh, by the way, it was a great day for the Sun Times, so do you know why? They got to air a picture of Johnny C. They love putting his face. I don't There's somebody at the Sun Times. I don't know who it is. High-ranking editor, maybe? The photo editor, maybe? We got to get Ramon to let the cat out of the back. Who loves Johnny Canzara? Yeah, a little, it's just a little picture. Not usually like the big ones. Of the, they love Johnny Canzara in Chicago sometimes. Not quite sure why, but they do. Anyway, I don't know what this is going to do, D. Um, I was uh, listening to your uh, recitation of the article, and it's just not quite clear to me. Will he lose his salary? So the union reimburses him for the salary. So it seems like the union pays him, the city pays the union, and then the union pays the city. I'm just following this. And uh, what? Uh, so this way, the union will just pay him. So I don't think he's going to lose his salary. I don't think this affects him in any which way, any way at all. So... It's like shutting the gate. Oh, back to our animals, our barnyard thing, D. It's like shutting the gate after the cow has left the pasture. We're getting that award, I tell you. Oh, no. Folks, we, we were up for a, a award. People actually listen to the show. Like, oh, my God. I am not giving this hippie drugs and book. Reefer ski loving. What on earth is a man cow? Is he a man or a cow? A cow or a man? I don't know. This show Actually, is weird. You know what might help us? This whole new skiing thing. Okay, we're not. We're going to do a whole segment on skiing the hills of Michigan. Ben Jarowski, a bonus special. Starting to regret sharing this information with everybody. Anyway, yeah, Ken is there. What a character. What a character uh, he is. I support his First Amendment rights uh, to wear a Trump T-shirt, though. <clears throat> I do uh, support that. I hope, and I know he'll join me in supporting Mark Cuban's First Amendment protected rights not to play the national anthem uh, at uh, Dallas Mavericks games. I'm sure he's going to support me in that. Huh? Uh, First Amendment for thee, not for me. Hey, come That's... on, Johnny. Johnny, let's do a beer bone. Tom, <laughs> Tom Brady. I'm saying Florida's calling your name, dude. <laughs> He'd be huge in Florida. Huge in Florida. Remember my prediction. Oh my Remember my prediction. I may I may go up a few months now. I said by June, uh, John Catanzaro will no longer be the fraternal order of police president, and he will be living in Florida. You know what? I'm That may have a, a, a now uh, a March. He may, by March. By the way, maybe both. I don't think there's a residency requirement for being uh, the head of the Fraternal Order of Police. He may be living in Florida and the Fraternal Order of Police. How about that? 
That would really be st- – he'd be calling in press conferences from Florida. Yeah. And like for his boat. And like I said, you know, like uh, not hating here, man. Like seriously, you would be loved in Florida. My God. Huge. <laughs> yeah. Well, right now he could probably get elected alderman. I'd say in the city of Chicago, I probably he, – he, he, he might be Napolitano on the 41st. Uh, he might beat Matt O'Shea in the 19th. There's some wards in the city where uh, he could give him a heck of a run uh, for alderman. So don't count him up. He might be alderman, Johnny C. That would be interesting. That would be very interesting. So that's our local news, guys. Uh, remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews, so much more like uh, this weekend's Benny J bonus interviews that are going to be dropping. Also, remember, no live show tomorrow. Going skiing, not bougie. Uh, <laughs> going to be available for download tomorrow 5 a.m chicago's uh, chicago reader website and wherever else you download your favorite podcast it's an interview with kelly cassidy uh you know i'm going to break the fourth wall here a little bit give you a little sneak peek <laughs> she had purple hair it's pretty cool oh that's right how can i forget the purple hair she had purple hair and not her kelly cassidy dennis will be wearing orange hair as he goes skiing tomorrow i'm bald okay uh so check those out remember you can follow us on social media at benny j show b-e-n-n-y the letter j show on facebook twitter and instagram you can always send us an email benny j show at gmail.com and you can call the ben jarofsky show it's true we have a phone number 708-658 Four seven eight eight. That number again. Seven zero eight six five eight four seven eight eight. Leave us a voicemail and remember, Ben Jarofsky has a book coming out. All right, guys, it's coming out very soon. We're going to be talking more about it uh, as the shows go along here. And uh, once this book comes out, we want to try to get people to call the Ben Jarofsky show, leave us a voicemail with quotes from the book in their best Ben Jarofsky impression. All right. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep on trying to promote this. All right. So remember 708-658-4788. Save that number. And when that book comes out, we're going to make that happen. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Micah, you Rick returns to the Ben Jarofsky show. Will he talk about that alligator more than likely, but he'll have other things to discuss as well. It's the Ben Jarofsky show. We are live from my apartment in his attic.